Okay, well, I'm really excited because I've been waiting for this interview to talk to Chris Eubanks. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on ATP Tennis Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. I'm excited to be here. We were talking about, just off air, how you've been able to string quite a few matches together. And it's just talk about how that's helped you, what you've developed, built confidence. I think you went to Nice to train yeah. at the Martigal Academy. Yeah. How, how was that? Was that your first time there? First time there, and it was awesome. Correa yeah. Bakker, who is uh, one of the head pros there, works under Patrick, just gave me a very, very good uh, perspective in tennis and, and kind of opened my eyes to some things and to some degree simplified everything. It was I, I can get very analytical, maybe even in my own head, about how I'm playing and what shots should I hit and this and that. Correa just kind of said, man, trust, trust your ability. And I think for me it was a big thing in having somebody who's seen the top of the game because he's worked with Stefano so very, very good bit. Somebody who's seen the top of the game and he's able to see me practice and see my ball, see my shots and go, there's no reason, you know, you can't compete with these guys. And I think kind of hearing that from someone who I valued his opinion, again, I've been told it many, many times, but for some reason taking the trip all the way over there and hearing it and being able to sit down and have him kind of simplify tennis for me was huge. Went to the French Open right after that and didn't do as well as I would have liked, but I do think that that had a positive effect because I, just, I don't think there's a coincidence that I won um, the Orlando Challenger a few weeks after that. So, How did, how did that decision originally come about, though? To, for you to, was that just... To go to Nice? Yeah. So I've, I've always had somewhat of a, of a relationship with Patrick um, through Jameer Jenkins, who's like my big brother. Right. He's a guy I looked up to who travels with Serena and through Coco. So me kind of always being around, hanging around Serena. When Jameer first started with Serena, it was around the time I had just come on tour. And I would always, whatever time I was practicing, I would text Jameer and go, what time are you guys practicing? And I would just go and I would sit and watch. I would get there early so I could sit and just watch him practice with him because this is a guy who has been like a, an inspiration to me for so long. And, and, and the guy grew up idolizing. I'm seeing him hit with Serena, being able to just get there early and watch him practice. And, and I know how he plays and just it, it was pretty cool. So I would do that often. And I actually didn't know this until Patrick said it at the time, but he Patrick actually took note of that, took notice of it. And I wouldn't, I wasn't trying to be on the court. Yeah, I would course, just kind of yeah. sit off to the yeah. side, maybe a couple few rolls up, and I would just watch. And I would, and I'd be, what time are you guys going tomorrow? I'll be here. I would just watch. And Patrick took a note of that, and then we started to form a relationship. I got to practice with her. He asked me if I would want to practice. Or Jameer texted me through Patrick. He goes, uh, Patrick said, would you want to practice with Serena tomorrow? I was absolutely. Just tell me what court and what time That's I'll be awesome. there. That's awesome. So I was able to do that in Australian Open in 2019, I believe. And from that point on, we just got to talk. We got to form a relationship. He knew that I was close with Coco. And he invited me to do off-season in 2019 uh, in Boca. He did an off-season camp. It was myself, Serena, um, Holger Rune was there. Um, there were a few other players. Marius Copil stopped by for something. We all had a great two-week training block. And, uh, so... That the relationship just kind of formed there, and he said, anytime you want to come to the Academy in East, you're more than welcome. I said, all right, I'll take you up on it. Didn't know when I would, and I think the time, just everything just kind of aligned when this was the right time. So That's amazing. I mean, that's a unbelievable level of determination to go and just learn from the best. Absolutely. Um, what did you learn when, one, you watched her, and then you got to hit with her? I think the, the biggest thing is I, I, I've never seen a laser-like focus like practicing with her. And it also in turn made me a lot more focused in practicing. We go out and we can practice with, you know, peers or players. And, you know, you, obviously you're intense. This is your job. This is your profession. This is how you make a living. But 
the way that she can dial in on every single ball is something that I feel like would even be missing in my own practices. Because, you know, you're playing a guy that you might play and so you miss a ball, I, no one's going to really say anything. Serena's the greatest tennis player of all time. I don't really want to miss too many balls with you when I'm on the other side from her. So just kind of having that awareness of being like, I need to lock in, I need to focus, I think was the biggest thing. And, and there's not that many people that I've practiced with that i felt that level of, I don't want to call it tension, I'll just call it focus of practicing with. And as far, But as far as the, te- I mean, I think that's incredible because a lot of people say that when they do practice with the top is that sense of purpose and focus. But as far as the ball and the tennis, did, did that give you another whole level of belief that you can hang with that level? To some degree it did, but I, it's, I had seen her play so many times. I had watched her with strength. The, the weight of shot wasn't that big of a shot because I knew she hits one of the cleanest. She's one of the cleanest ball strikers ever. I, I, that wasn't so much of a, wow, like this ball is, is throwing me back. I knew the ball was going to throw me back. I knew if she laces that backhand a foot from the baseline, I'm going to be in trouble. So even coming out, I said, all right, I want to make sure I don't miss. I want to give her great practice. Let me give myself a little bit of space off the baseline to start off, and then if I feel comfortable, then we move in. So nothing's uh, too specific about the tennis per se, right. but I think just mentally it was a totally mentally. different level. Yeah, and you've you've also mentioned Coco Goff a couple times as we've been chatting, and before we started chatting on air, you started saying she's like a little sister to you. Um, how often do you guys talk about the stresses and the pressures, or is just kind of like a fun? Never, sort of never. never. <laughs> we talk we talk probably every single day, some some degree, yeah. uh, whether it's. Uh, she's very, very big on TikTok, and I'm not. So what she'll do is she'll just send me TikToks and, and things she thinks are funny. I'll respond and hey, that's that's kind of funny, or that wasn't funny at all, and we'll argue about it. Or um, I'll respond to something she does on social media or something. We talk almost every day, I would say, but it's always very lighthearted. It's just yeah. like she knows that I'm in her corner. She knows that I'm probably one of her biggest supporters. So. I don't always have to. I think the last time I texted her something about tennis was after her first round doubles with uh, Layla, and I said, "You guys are an incredible team." And she was like, "Thanks." And but usually we don't talk tennis that yeah. much. It's it's. I ask her how her brothers are doing. How's her, her young, younger brother Cody is is one of the best catchers in uh, in the country uh, in baseball and. Her youngest brother, uh, Cameron, is on one of the best seven and under football teams. And I'll just get stuff about checking on the family and things like that. So it's all usually un- like ten- not tennis is not the topic of conversation. Is that is that important for you? Oh, for sure. Especially just to have that outlet. 100%. Yeah. Just to have some way to kind of get away from tennis and yeah. get tennis off the mind. Me, I, the way that I am, I'll... I can drive myself crazy with talking tennis and looking at tennis and watching tennis. When we finish this, I'm probably going to go back to my hotel room and watch tons of tennis. It's just kind of how I am. But having some type of break to get away from it is is absolutely huge. Yeah. I'm a little tight talking about tennis now. (laughs) No, here's the thing. I can talk about tennis for hours and hours and hours, but it it is good to have a little bit of break where you can kind of get away from it. Yeah. And I just want to talk, I mean, because you're also one that went to college, and there's quite a few actually that I've spoken to that have gone that college route and learned a lot from that. Is that something that you felt like was important in your development? 1,000%. I knew coming out that there was no chance I was ready to go pro at 17, 18 years old, I think. College really kind of prepared me. It taught me time management. It taught me, to some degree, professionalism. I, I tried to be as professional as I could in college. Um, and I think, when she, obviously, once you turn pro, it's, it's even it's an even higher level. Um, but for me, the biggest thing was getting matches. In college, I knew I was guaranteed two matches every single week. Friday, Sunday, sometimes we'd have a doubleheader of two in one day. So I knew I was going to be able to get reps. I was going to be able to work on my game. And I was going to be able to play in some uh, 
pressure matches and pressure pack uh, situations. So kind of owning my game style and knowing what I needed to do and I think really, really helped me because a lot of times guys can go pro at 18 and 19 and if they're not really winning a lot of matches every week, it's tough to guarantee yourself two matches a week. It, yeah. it can be tough. So I think that was the big thing for me. Had a full support system at Georgia Tech, whether from the athletic trainers or the strength and conditioning staff, nutritionists, everything, all backing you and wanting to see you do well was, was awesome for me. So I absolutely, it was pivotal in me uh, even being here today. Do you, do you go back there at all? I still Sometimes? train there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, nice. I moved back to Atlanta in uh, July. Awesome. And I train there. I still see the same physios, the same strength conditioning coaches. Everything is, it feels like I'm, I'm back in school again, minus <laughs> school. So that's always a fun time. And just talking about strength and conditioning in particular, that was something that you felt like you've gotten a lot better at, getting fitter and stronger. What in particular do you feel like has helped you? Any any sort of tactics that you've used? Um, not necessarily tactics. I, I think I, I've always been a big proponent of you know people will look at me and they say oh you know he needs to get strong he needs to get stronger and while yes that that's very very true I've I've fluctuated my strength and my weight for a while even during the pandemic I when I knew we were going to be off for a while I said you know what I'm going to devote this time strictly to shift conditioning I'm going to put the rackets down for a while I'm going to get in the gym I did that and I put on about I put on about 20 pounds I would say and then the moment tennis started ramping up uh, the weight started dropping off but one thing I noticed was but you put on 20 pounds like muscle yeah it was well not not solely muscle but it was I would say probably I think when I saw the nutritionist was probably about 12 pounds of muscle like because I was lifting for five five days a week um and I was hitting maybe an hour and I would just grab the racket go out and hit for maybe an hour and I I wanted to just stay still. I wanted to work out. I wanted to lift. I wanted to stay still and not burn any extra calories. So, after doing that for you know six to eight weeks, things start. You start to tell. The thing is, when I got on the court and things started ramping back up, I never really felt a major difference in my tennis. It, it wasn't anything that I said, "Man, you know, I'm gaining so much more power on my serve or this that." It wasn't really anything that was that that noticeable from my standpoint. Now, coaches and trying to say, "Oh, you look stronger. You look bigger." But at the end of the day, I'm, my job is predicated on winning tennis matches. So I need to make sure that at least I feel like I'm in a good position to win tennis matches. So we did that for a while. And then after, I think I kind of hit a, a point where I was eating five, six meals a day. I, I couldn't do it anymore. I was wow. like, I'm, I'm, my tennis is ramping up. I can't eat that much anymore. So I kind of, around the time of the Orlando Challenger, I said, you know what? I'm going to continue to get my workout in. I'm going to eat clean meals three or four try to get three to four clean meals in a day and that's the whole five or six meals it was a bit much for me at that point I said I'm going to obviously get my time my meals properly after practice I'm going to make sure I get all the meals I need and the supplements that I need and I'm just whatever my weight is my weight is going to be I'm, I'm not going to focus so much on that I'm going to focus how I feel on court and that's when things start to go better so it wasn't it's never really been a key point of emphasis on like you know we need to work on the legs we need to work on the core it hasn't been like that my programs are, are, are built I allow my shift conditioning coaches to kind of take full reign on that I understand it but it's I allow them to kind of just tell me what I need to do and I'm going to do it but in terms of like oh you need to get stronger you need to get this as long as I continue to stay healthy my body's in good shape which it has been knock on wood I feel like I'm okay so I've, I mean how have you just explained how that's affected you on court? Has it just been like sort of a release, not yeah, having it's been to a worry release. about it's, that it's, stuff? It, yeah, I'm not so much worried about when I get off the court, I'm going to get my meal in, but I'm not calorie counting. I'm not saying I need this meal, it has to be 1,500 calories or else I'm going to be in a deficit for the day. I'm just 
finishing my workout, I get my shake, I get my lunch, and I just go on about my day. It's, yeah. it's so much more of a, just a weight off the shoulder just because for those two months, I was very, very regimented. I would get up um, in the morning and I would have about, I would have a breakfast. I believe I, I would do like a bowl of oatmeal around 8, 10.30. I would make an actual breakfast, whether that's pancakes, eggs, bacon, uh, egg whites, whatever. Mm. Then I would do that. I would eat lunch, I think, around 2. Would go work out at around 2.45, finish my lift, eat again around 5 or 6 and then eat again around 8 or 9. Oh it, and it just became so much, so much, so much to a point where I said, you know what, guys, I can't. I'm not. I'm just, after two months of that and it's not how I normally do it, I'm like, I'm, I'm over it. And well, so yeah, that, was a, that was a huge relief. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's working for you. You've been yeah. playing so well recently and um, I was able to get in touch with you because of one of our colleagues, Mike Cation, who C. revealed tennis. a couple things about At Mike you. Mike C. Tennis on Twitter, in case <laughs> anyone's wondering. <laughs> good job. Um, but he did reveal a couple things. One, that you're very good friends with um, Jamie Foxx, who you spent a lot of time with. And also, so just talk about your relationship with him and um, how that came about and um, how, that, how that's been such a great relationship for you. Yeah, so... I reached out to a mutual friend of ours, a guy named Alex Avant, who's a tennis fanatic. He loves tennis, and he's uh, one of Jamie's closest friends. And ironically enough, I met Alex at the Boca offseason that we did at Patrick. Okay. With, so he was down there, and, and we, got, we got introduced to each other and hit it off immediately. And he mentioned, he said, hey, man, if you're ever in L.A., you know, I would love for you to come out and, you know, hang out. Just, you guys can you can stay at my house, my, me and my coach, Philip, my former teammate, Philip. Um, you guys can come and stay at the house. You won't have to worry about anything. So around the pandemic, I think it was that summer. It was about August or September. No, it was about August. I was waiting. I knew I could potentially get in the U.S. Open for doubles, but I didn't know about singles because they weren't having qualifying. So... When uh, the Wildcats were announced for the U.S. Open and I didn't get one, I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to L.A. I need to take about two weeks because we've been training from really started ramping up training about late May all the way to August. And it was kind of tough because we didn't know what we were training for. There were no tournaments on the horizon, so we were just training to train. I was like, I need about a seven-day break. I'm, I'm gone. So I called Alex and said, Alex, um, are you open letting us come out today? He said, absolutely. We went out there. He said, man, you know, I told uh, Jamie that you were coming. I had told him all about you. I told him you were coming out here. He wants to film a, uh, he wants to play tennis with you, but he wants to film it for his YouTube channel. Now, I, listen, I've been a Jamie Foxx fan since, as far as I can remember, I've seen uh, probably every episode of his 90s uh, sitcom. I've seen a, t- all of his movies almost. So it was, I was, that was a big deal for me. I was like, absolutely, whatever he wants, we can go do whatever. So um, we're in L.A. We're hanging out with a couple friends, and Alex calls me. He goes, hey, Jamie wants to do pickleball at 530. It's like 4 at this time. I said, I'm on the way. We go back to the house. We get there. He's already at the house. We meet. We shake hands. We go play tennis. He records it on his YouTube channel. And from that point on, we've just hit it off pretty well. Um, kept in contact. He's always at checking in on my tennis. How are things going? Um, invites us out to the house. We hung out with him every single day. How is he day. a tennis player? surprisingly he's not bad and I, and I will say that I know he's talented at a lot of things for a guy who and he knows his tennis that was that was the biggest thing we were sitting there and the videos on YouTube so uh, your listeners can go check it out but he we we're sitting there and he's getting stretched before we start up and he goes you know I my dad told me about tennis when I was a kid he said so if you think that uh I don't know about the 
the Jimmy Connors T2000 or the Ili Nastasi or <laughs> wow. the Vetus Garolitis and he just started name dropping wow. and, and he said uh, he made a joke when he went up to serve the uh, he said he uh, had a Michael Chang soft serve he said Michael Chang just kicked the serve in there and just run everybody down with his legs and then so things like that and I go wow you really know tennis he's like yeah man I, I my father was big making sure that I, I knew all sports you know yeah. so and even even uh, even then, so since that we've we've uh, we've been very very close. He uh, he's just been super supportive, That's super awesome. super supportive. If I ever need anything when I'm out in LA, he's like, man, you always, I'm always here to try to help any way I can. After I called into the open, he was probably I think the second person I called and he answered. That's amazing. And uh, he's like, man, I'm proud of you, man. He goes, I want to try to get out there. I'm not sure if I'll be able to, but keep doing your thing, and and, and we'll we'll see each other soon. And then I got to see him this past. Uh, Got to hang out with him. He took us out to dinner two nights in a row before we came here. And he's just, he's one of the nicest, most genuinely just good people and and warming and welcoming people I've ever met. And I'm not just saying that. I genuinely mean, I can tell you a quick story. He won an Oscar uh, for his uh, movie Soul. He was in Atlanta filming for something else. And then... I invited, I said, man, where have you been? Uh, where have you been eating while you've been in Atlanta? He said, I named a few restaurants. I said, well, if you'd like, my parents, I'd love for you to come over and my parents can cook you up a home cooked meal. I know you probably haven't had one in a while. He said, all right, let's do it. You just tell me when. I said, all right, well, you got to tell me what you want. I'll give you some options. I sent him a text. He sent, you know, what he'd like. And within a few days of winning an Oscar, he was sitting in my parents' house and our dining table with my uncle, my mom, my dad, my brother, myself and philip my coach and we were just sitting there just talking just no nothing for cameras nothing for show he just wanted to come and just hang out that is and, so cool and this is and i'm sitting here and i go this man just won an oscar not too long ago <laughs> and he's sitting in my parents house just enjoy for met him your son is amazing like just complimented me and we were complimenting him and it was it was a great time. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, if he was that nice, it's credit to you because you're very warm and welcoming as well. So it goes it goes yeah, both I, ways for you know, sure. I, I, you know, I don't want to take too much credit on it, but I just, I genuinely mean it in, in a way that it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's really cool to see somebody, yeah. somebody like that who is genuinely just a that's regular awesome person. but we you're the same like that's what i'm saying yeah we got a little bit different status though. he's like <laughs> he's got i think a grammy and oscar and emmy and i'm just you know still trying to break through on tour so no you're you're up there as well and it's you're such a joy to watch on the court i told you i had so much fun watching you at the u.s open and here as well but one more thing I want to just ask you is, is your interests, hobbies off court outside of tennis? You were saying how much it is so nice to get your mind off tennis. Um, what else do you like to do outside the court? Ah, that's a very, very good question. So I, I, I dibble, dabble in a lot of different things. Not, and I would say not, not too many things in my, like, gun-ho, like, this is what I do, like, immediately after. I, I really, really enjoy music. Music, music is one of, yeah music is always what, do you play an instrument uh so i grew up playing drums and piano when i was nice. uh, young so that's probably one of my biggest i'm any and you know nerdy stuff so like, i i enjoy you know looking watching or listening to finance podcasts i enjoy okay. researching different cryptocurrency just stuff to do just kind of keeps your, the mind what was your short. major i was a business major business okay so um everything from you know cryptocurrencies to to 
different index funds and just kind of going to YouTube and looking at the investor channels and saying, oh, what's going up, what's going down, just kind of, you know, being aware of things like that. But nothing that's, you know, is a an immediate like, ah, oh, this is what I have to do. It's just kind of something like, what am I feeling like today? Do I want to... Any other sport? Oh man, I love basketball. I love yeah. football. Love baseball season. So I, I was just going to tell be, you the whole Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an, I'm an Atlanta sports fan. Falcons have caused me some some heartache, but uh, everything else has been. <laughs> got the other teams are you know doing their best. So um, yeah, so anything sports related, it's, it's definitely I would say my number one. After that, say music. After that, it kind of just goes. Do you into, sing? No, 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 no. Oh, not even close. It's going to put you on the spot. No, there. not even close. Oh. I felt that was coming. I was going to make sure I had to <laughs> go ahead and get that out there. Absolutely not. Well, it seems like the type of guy that just loves to learn about a lot of things, which yeah. bodes well for your continuing career. Yes. You've had such good success, and we and we do hope it continues. But I've taken enough of your time. No, You're so okay. generous. Thank you so much. And um, all the best to you to Thank continue you. improving and, and just all the best to you at this event as well. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you it. so much. Take care.